0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. To kick this one off, yesterday I was able to partake in a live stream on the Tarantula Tuber Saturday Night Takeaway, which is a bunch of YouTubers from the UK get together every Saturday night. They imbibe a bit and talk about spiders, and they have special guests on. And I was asked to go, and I am so glad I was able to do it because when I was approached, it was right during the time we were trying to figure out when we are going to move. And again, as I've stated ad nauseum, I need a place where I can do like have a studio to do the live stuff because here it's just you never know what's going to happen outside. There's noises, there's dogs barking, whatever. And I was really I've never gone live because of that. So I was kind of hoping that I'd be able to do it at a point where we were already in the new house and I had some privacy. But a huge thank you to Francis from Invert Kingdom UK. He was the one who invited me on. I truly appreciate it. And it was just a lot of fun. I was glad They were very accommodating. The problem was I was trying to figure out the time they were usually having it is over there, I believe, 8 p.m. Over here, it was like 3, and 3 is right around. We have early dinner, and we had somebody coming over to do some work on the house or check out the house. So I was trying to joggle it. So they they started an hour early. We got the chat for a while, and it was really a lot of fun. It was neat actually talking to people. And then Alex from Tarantula Haven showed up, which was a wonderful surprise. Love Alex to death and just had some great conversations answered some questions so that hasn't been posted I just checked this morning because people that weren't able to catch it live weren't able to or were hoping that it would be posted up on YouTube it's not up yet but I'll let people know that are interested do know that the first half is just the first hour or so I'm not on they're talking so if you're coming just to hear what I have to say you're gonna have to fast forward it a little bit but then I'm on for a good two hours or so so we had a good time I felt bad because the whole family banished themselves upstairs because they wanted to watch it while I was doing it and they couldn't have the, echo in the background so Billy took the kids upstairs and they all watch it but it was a really good time something I haven't done before and something I definitely do again I'm hoping you know once once we move we get that studio going I'll be able to do more stuff like this I've been dying to go live myself even with the podcast and it just it's not something I can do because the interruptions that I have could really derail the whole thing rather quickly so those would be some things I want to do going ahead now one of the questions that came up During the podcast, it's going to lead into part of the topic that we're going to discuss today, which I don't really want to talk about, but said I would if it happened, we were talking about communals, and somebody specifically asked how to set up a P. Regalis communal, and as I was talking about it, you ever have one of those moments where you're talking and just something clicks, and I've I've had this moment before, I mean, I've thought this before, but it really kind of clicked yesterday, and the timing of everything I'm about to explain was really kind of uncanny. But they were asking one of the, you know, how you keep them together. And I said, I haven't kept that species myself. I've heard the people that do keep them together. Unfortunately, you have to keep them kind of cramped because they can't have their own. You know, The idea is that you're forcing a situation and the thought process behind it is, especially with Pesolithia, they find themselves in situations in the wild where either from habitat loss, I know one species, I can never remember which one it is, but they have severe flooding in the areas they're at. So they all come up higher into the trees and there's a bunch of them up there. And they've learned to kind of, peacefully coexist and it's kind of for the survival of the species because if if it flooded they all went up into the trees in the same trees and ate each other that wouldn't that wouldn't bode well for the survival of the species especially with man already encroaching upon their territory and and clearing their habitat but what you do is you take that and you try to recreate it in your home in captivity by creating a situation where they're not able to strike out and create their own territories. You don't want a huge cage usually because what ends up happening is they start to, at first it's fine, but as they start to grow, they kind of create their own little territory. And then when they meet outside of the cave, outside of those territories, that's where you end up with friction. That's where you end up with cannibalism. So, Anyway, we were talking about this, and I, you know, as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking again, once again, I don't like the idea of keeping them crammed together. It, it With the P. Metallicas, I had an opportunity, it, I'd obviously done the M. Balfori Communals, and that had been a huge success, and I think I was able to do what I set out to do, which is document it from day one with constant updates, you know, we updated every month. Anytime I caught something cool for that first year, at least, actually, it was probably two years, is almost, that I did it. I was able to track what was going on so people would would know what to expect if they tried this, and again, when I set those up, I originally said good or bad, I was going to report it, so if it was bad, I was going to take a ration of poo from people who aren't into the communals who think they are a potential waste of spider life, and I understand that side of it, and we've gone into this in earlier podcasts. But in the case of the Balfouris, I was able to track all those events, you know, how they shared food, how they, if they had a spat, what ended up happening, the attempted mating of the males with the females and sometimes with the other males and how that went down. So I was able to catch a lot of footage over the course of the first, you know, several, I was really good about doing it monthly. And then we got into year two and there just wasn't as much report, but all the way from sling to adult, they all survived. They did great. And I think for a lot of people, they were able to watch that and it gave them kind of the courage to go and try their own which is awesome so that was all I was trying to do and then you know I'd read about the P. Metallica communals I've heard whispers of the fact that overseas they keep them communally quite a bit especially for breeding purposes although I've never been able to get any details so I don't know if that's a myth or what but I've heard that people have kept them before successfully so when I the opportunity arose to actually try it myself I approached it the same way. It's like, all right, this is a risk. And I know there's a risk going into it. And I have people that will go to me, well, why would you ever want to risk that? And uh, you don't care if the spider gets killed or something dies? Yes, I absolutely do. And I made very clear with the P. that was the communal that I was super anxious about, because I didn't want to lose any of those, because I know how coveted that species is, there are people out there that are still trying to just get there first, and it just looks like a waste of life to have a situation where one of them gets eaten or something, because you decide to cram them together in a cage, so I put a lot of thought into it, but my thought process once again is, people are going to come to me, they always do, can this species be kept communally, what do you think about this species communally, would you try this species communally? I like to answer with experience. I like to be able to, instead of just going, because I did the other day, I told the guy, I forget what it was you wanted to put together, I think it was Rufaladas and I was like, yeah, I have not heard very good things about trying to keep Rufaladas together, it doesn't really work well, and I said, and you got to keep in mind, this guy hadn't had many spiders before this, you have the potential to have an enclosure full of 9, 10-inch spiders that uh, a lot of people say that the Rufalada is one of the more potentially defensive piece of species, you have to look at that, even if it works, that's what you're going to end up with, but I said, quite frankly, I've never I I haven't done it myself, but I haven't heard good things. And like, oh well, um, I, I might give it a shot then and see if it works. I like to be able to go. Here's what I tried. Here's what happened. Here's what you can expect. And I think one way or the in, one way or the other, it's gonna there's gonna be something to be learned from it. So it goes really well, and I can go listen. I did this experiment with my P. metallicas. It worked great. Here they all are, lovely adults, still living together peacefully. And then other people can decide with that information whether or not they want to attempt it themselves. Or on the other hand, somebody gets eaten, something happens is bad, and people need to be aware of that. And that's something I have no problem telling people to dissuade them from making the same mistake or to have them recognize that that risk is there and it could be a matter of you know, time before something goes wrong in it. So everything has been going great to this point. I think we're on year two now with them. And they're they were getting along well. There's no I, I go in there. We check on them all the time. It's like everybody in the house is obsessed with that because you go in there, especially if you come in like late at night when I turn the lights off there for the plants in the room. I turn those off earlier than the overhead light, and some of them will start to come out because the cage, the enclosures, in a in kind of a darker corner of the room. And we all go out there and look at them. Well, yesterday in the podcast, I got asked that question. I also got asked how the P-Metallicas were doing. Somebody's like, how's the P-Metallica communal doing? I was like, as a matter of fact, I just had it on my table like three days ago, and they were all there doing great. They're all eating. No problems whatsoever. And then we, you know, we get done with the podcast, and we're talking about the podcast and everything. The P-Metallica communal came up, and we're talking about how we're going to move it. And I've been giving a lot of thought to... Splitting them up anyway because we're going to have to move to the new house and I really don't want to take them out, put them in separate enclosures, or you know something to carry them over to the new house and put them in a new enclosure. I'm I'm worried about that introduction, so I was thinking that might be the end of it there. And Billy was talking about how great they get along, and I go, it was literally sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? This is twice today we've had a discussion about this, and twice we talked about how good they got along. We don't want to jinx ourselves, and so. Long story short, I'm. I, it's feeding day. I feed them usually every two or three days or so. And so I get the enclosure out. I put it on the table and I look in the water dish and there is a very, very large bolus in the water dish and my heart sank, and I'm like, I haven't fed them anything but large crickets, now sometimes they can get a bunch of large crickets together, and they chew them all up, and they can make a super bolus out of it, so at that point, I'm hoping that's the case, but I haven't seen boluses this large since I fed off a hisser roach, like we're talking a a, a good-sized bolus, so I'm like, all right, don't panic, maybe with some dirt they wadded up, who knows, So, my son, Ron comes over, and I'm like, this isn't looking good. So, he's trying to count them all. In the meantime, I get the front door open. I take the bolus out. I put a flashlight on it. There's quite a bit of blue in that bolus, and my heart sank even worse. And I'm like, this is, like, my worst. This is what I've been fearing for a couple years now. And so we kind of broke it open now that it was really dry, and I've seen bigger boluses before, and this had to be a newer one because I just fed them not that long ago, and it wasn't in the water dish yesterday that I saw. It was very, very dry for a bolus that size. So I was thinking, maybe I've had this happen before. I had a cricket get caught up in a bolt. The tarantula grabbed the cricket in the molt and basically ended up grinding the whole thing up with the cricket inside. It was the weirdest thing I ever saw. However, the the bolus it produced at the end had legs hanging off of it. it. It didn't look like... It could have been mistaken for a spider if I hadn't seen what happened, but it it didn't look like this one. This one looked like a complete bolus where every ounce of moisture was sucked out of it. So we spent the next half hour trying to count them, desperately trying to find seven and we only found six. And today I went in there and tried to count again. Now there's a couple spots, there's blind spots in the enclosure. And I'm fingers crossed that miraculously that other spider is in there, but I'm not hopeful. So now we've come to the point where I'm looking at a communal that had seven spiders in it. They've been living together. Those seven have been in it now for, oh gosh, several months, oh, close to a year, I think. Doing well. They they passed. And this is the big thing I heard with doing the piece of Ethereum. Once they get to that four or five inch mark, that's usually where things start going downhill. And but I have heard people that have kept the P. Metallicas together for quite some time, right through adulthood, with no issues whatsoever. So they hit that four inch mark. I started worrying. I'm like, here we go. They went past the four inch mark. One of them's like five and a half. There's a couple that are five. Right now, when I went in there, I had fed them last night. They're all sitting there like right near each other. There's no friction and they're not fighting. I don't know what happened, but obviously it appears that there has been cannibalism in the P. Metallica enclosure, and I'm heartbroken because, again, I wanted I wanted this thing to, to work. It has worked for quite some time. I actually went back before this and re-listened to the podcast I did, I think, in July of the this summer about some thoughts on the communals and how there's always that inherent risk when you set them up. There's always a risk, regardless of how well they get along, there's always a chance that there is a spat, one of them is killed, and then guess what? They get eaten. And I wonder because I did feed them three nights ago. The one that's gone, I will say, is the one that when I was looking around, I couldn't find the one that was pretty sure it was going to be a male. So I don't know if something happened there and it molted, and I, I'm not sure exactly because I did. I thought I, I saw all seven of them. The last time we checked, but one of them was deep in a web in one of those areas that you can barely see. And I was wondering if that might have been the male molting out. Maybe it got out. Maybe it got frisky. I don't know what changed to causes. I will say the last time we fed them, I dropped in a cricket and it's the first time I saw two of them kind of go at it a little bit. And it was a little, it. they didn't hurt each other, but it was a little more violent than when the Balfouri fought over a pram. There's a video out there that I have of two Balfouri. one of them goes up and snatches a prey them, and they kind of roll. And it was frightening looking, but nobody was hurt. And the other Balfoury just kind of got his feelings hurt, walked away, and grabbed another cricket. In this case, they kind of went at it, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't good." So I'm wondering who knows what happened in there. Is, is one of them now? I'm worried that one of them has, you know, obviously eaten another one. That she's going to do it again. So now we're obviously. I was planning on separating them anyway for the move. Now it's obviously probably pretty important that we had separate them. So it was the only good thing that came out of it is I've been anguishing over whether or not to separate them or not when I bring them to the new house. And now I think it's the the decision is academic. I'm hoping I fed them again today. They're all eaten. I've poured a ton of crickets in there. They're all stuffed. The, the There's only one that I could find that could have been the culprit. It is a larger female. She didn't look as fat as I would have expected from eating a very large spider, especially that bolus again was for the size of the spider. The size of the bolus was pretty small and it was bone dry. So she had sucked every ounce out of it. I'm guessing it's her, so I think I have a little time while she's fattened up to kind of figure this thing out. But obviously, once she molts again, that's going to be a danger. And then we don't know if the other ones are going to start popping off. But again, I wish I had seen the interaction only to say one way or another, this is what happened. You know, they fought over food or whatever, and it got a little too too violent, and one of them ended up getting taken down. I don't know. It stinks just because they've been doing so well for so long. I have a picture that I was going to post up of. All of them, kind of next to each other, behind the cork bark. There was, I think, seven of them in there in one area at the same time, all like right up on top of each other. Beautiful pitch. It was so neat to see. And now this. So it it's again. I said from day one, if I did this, I would report anything bad that happened. So it, was this a success? Well, it was a success up until the point where one of them got eaten. Now here's where it gets interesting. Because I've talked to people that's like, yeah, sometimes there's cannibalism and then they move on and they're just fine. And that's like just one of those, like we talked about, it could be something that happens. I just can't, I can't take the chance at this point of leaving them in there together and having this happen again. Because the, the first time it happens, now you know it's a possibility. The second time it happens, that's kind of on you because you knew this could happen and you left them in there. And I've seen situations like on YouTube and stuff where people have had cannibalism in communals and they just went and kind of went, all right, well, there's some dag. Let's put them back in with each other. There's a point where you got to pull the plug on it. And so between the move and that, it's going to be time to pull the plug. I feel terribly. It is. and I, it, And again, I totally understand and I've said this from the beginning, why people are so against the commutals. And I understand why people will get upset and say things like, you know what, you knew there was a risk. Yes, I did know there was a risk. I I really did know there was a risk. And the risk was, that risk was always in the back of my mind as these guys were growing and putting on more size. And, you know, we took the little ones out first and they still continue to do well. And it, it was always in the back of my mind that this could happen. Am I, do I accept it? Am I like, well, 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 moving on. No, I'm really, that's, I just spoke to somebody who said they were saving up to buy a P-Metallica. And- the last thing I want to do is look like, like, look at this jerk, he's got a bunch of them together, doesn't even care about him, lets him get killed, and I can't even afford one, I get how that looks, but again, the idea was to have something concrete, I will be doing a video on this as well, so you'll be able to look at the series of, you know, them getting put in the enclosure, me pulling out the little ones, we'll be able to talk about the update with the little ones, we'll, I obviously have the video where we move the bigger ones, the seven, into the bigger enclosure, I've got some updates on that, and then it'll end off with, this is, you know, it looks like there was cannibalism, I'm still holding out hope. I'm not going to lie. I'm still holding out hope that I miscounted and that was just a molt that got pulled in with something because there were some molts in there that I weren't able to pull out. I wasn't able to pull out the last time I fed them because they were kind of all over the cage. I'm like, I'll get them next time. Maybe that's it. We'll see. But uh, again, I I haven't been able to find that seventh one and the one that I thought was the male, I haven't seen twice now that we've looked so... (sighs) Ah, <sighs> it it just stinks. I mean, I was hoping you would, I, obviously, when you do something like this, you hope it goes well, but on the other hand, now I have, when somebody approaches me about doing a of Litheria Communal, I can share this information with them. I go, well, with the P. Metallicas, this is supposedly one of the ones that they do pretty well, and we did have cannibalism. Again, would it continue? I don't know. I'm not going to take the chance. Other people might go, let's see how long it goes from there. I don't want to be, even if it's a situation where every year one of them gets eaten, that's a spider wasted. That's that's a, a useless spider death. I, I I will. The other thing that comes out of this for me, and it's kind of a relief, is I've spoken before about the fact that when you look at the Monocentropus balfrey, they seem to be at least in captivity a true communal species in which they benefit. From that cro- that close proximity, they benefit from the socialization to a point their growth rate was so much higher than the ones I kept separately. You do see those social interactions they seem to actually not just put up with each other but they do well in those environments and Then you look at how we have to set up peaceful ettheria now, as soon as you get into having to lay down rules for a communal, that indicates that they 're not a true communal, and by true communal, I mean just like the Balfouri that they thrive in that environment. You are essentially, as a keeper, trying to reproduce an effect that probably it probably evolved out of necessity of them being in nature and having situations, again, where they lose habitat for large periods of time, where they lose habitat because their habitat's being destroyed, they've been crowded in the smaller areas, and evolution has allowed them to kind of adjust to that. And be able to go, all right, you know what, we can either kill each other, or we can learn to live peacefully, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. And I think when we set them up communally, like a peaceful of a theory species, are we really doing well by the spider? I did the podcast not that long ago, it was probably two podcasts ago, where we talked about putting the spider first. And we talked about enclosures, and we talked about the fact that, you know, when you set up an enclosure for a tarantula, it should always put that tarantula's well-being at the forefront. When you look at communals and how you set ones up, especially ones that you have to keep together since they're, you know, from little baby slings, especially ones you have to cram into smaller areas... Are we really putting the spiders first, or are we cramming a bunch of spiders together for our amusement, for our entertainment, to be able to call people over and go, look it, I have these 10 beautiful blue spiders all in this little enclosure, look how awesome it is. And again, it looks amazing. Seeing any tarantula get along with another tarantula of the same species, just two is amazing. Seeing a bunch of them. It's just mind blowing because we're so programmed to recognize these guys as you know they're hunters they're cannibals they're not going to tolerate you know other spiders in the vicinity to see them together it really is an amazing thing. however, if you're putting the spider first and this is what's always kind of bothered me about this Metallica communal, is that the best thing for the spider is it really putting these 10 when I put these 10 in this little thing and let them raise up now I will say and I should to to support some things that I' found myself. At least initially, it did seem to benefit them, and I think this is going to be an important thing to know, and I know a lot of folks, and I should throw this out there, a lot of folks that raise pokies or have P. slitheria species and sell them even will keep them communally as they sell them off because they seem to, the majority of them seem to do really well as slings, and this is because one of the, the theories behind how the communalism starts is that the all the all the spiders when they have a sack of slings, the slings will stay with them for a little while. They'll stay in the web. The mom will stay there. In some cases, like with the Balfouria, the balfouri will even kill prey and leave it for them and feed them for a little while until they start to get, you know, they molt and they get a little larger. And then eventually the slings disperse. So for some species, they disperse much more quickly. For other species, they hang around with mom a little bit. And those are the ones you start to see that communalism kind of develop where they're used to staying around each other. They're used to being with other tarantulas, their species. Now, if that period gets longer and longer and longer, you start to see a communal environment where, all right, Right. We're together. Second in star, third in star, fourth in star. We've got a bunch of little juveniles still hanging out with mom. And then next thing you know, they settle in the same area. You've kind of developed that communal thing. That's kind of where it comes from. So I think a lot of what we look at is that point where the spiders disperse, where the slings disperse. And I think with the Peace it seems like they are probably in situations where they hang around quite a while. They, their dispersal time, maybe where some species, again, might disperse within a couple of weeks, they might hang around for quite a bit. They might be in that same tree thing with mom, that little crook in the tree with the webbing for quite a while. And that's where you see them getting along earlier and doing really well in that environment. So one of the things I did notice having raised a piece of the piece of Lotheria Metallica by itself years ago to adulthood, that one grew very slowly. It didn't eat particularly well. It would take time off from eating. It would be scared of larger prey. It took me forever to get that one to start showing its blues. These guys on the other hand, the majority of them, and we'll talk about that in a moment, the majority of them grew very quickly, ate great molted consistently and were putting on, you know, they were showing the blues within a couple months. It was amazing. Now, there were runts, and that seems to be something, a common trait, where any piece of Litharia communal setup, unlike the balfori, and again, I keep comparing them because you got kind of the pinnacle of the communal setup, and then you got these guys that were trying to figure out what, you know, how to keep them. With the balfori, mine all grew at almost the exact same rate. They were all always right around the exact same size. With the Metallicas, there were a couple really big ones, you know a few in the middle that were around all around the same size and then some on the other it was like a curve where there was you know some really big ones and then some really really tiny ones i still have one right now one of the communal ones that is approximately i'm trying to look it up maybe an inch and a quarter uh, inch and three quarters to two inches long We have another one in that enclosure right now with the communal, the big female, that's about five and a half inches. So there was that much of a difference. It was was mind-boggling to see the sizes. I'm going to have to get some video comparing the sizes. So it seems like the majority of them definitely benefited, at least early on from that close proximity, I have a funny feeling that probably mirrors what it's like in the wild, they, you know, again, they're an endangered species, they're losing habitat, there's probably situations where the, it behooves them to hang around mom as long as possible, rather than venture out, and so they did do much better, so I will say that, and I have spoken to many people that do keep the slings like that, right up through like the four, again, that magic four or five inch mark, where it seems like that might be the point, where they would naturally disperse. So you have a bunch of slings. There's going to be a point where it's time for them to venture off from the world. It's kind of like the mommy birds booting the baby birds out. It's time to go off, and it seems like that might be that magic size where the communal does really well, they do very well, and then they get to that point, and it's like, all right, it's time to separate. And unfortunately, if you're keeping them in a communal setup, they're not going to be able to separate, so you might be creating friction there. So I wonder if that's what, again, this is speculation. I don't want anybody running out and going, Tom Moran said, this is what happens in the wild, that's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to use information we have about these guys and, and what we understand about where they're from and their habitat to comprehend what happened in my collection and what might have triggered this. And so that's something I'm thinking about now. Now, again, I just went in there a little while ago. The rest of them all seem to be getting along fine, but I'm not falling for that one. We've, we've, I think this little experiment has come to an end. I don't want to have to report any more deaths. This bothers me a lot. And I want to make that very clear. And I I know what's going to end up happening is I'm going to put this video up. I'm going to mention this. And there is there are going to be a lot of people that come on and do the Yep, I told you so. And part of me is going to be like, you know what? You're right. You did tell me so. But again, if I see it as in the long run, people are going to ask me what happened about this. I'm going to tell them that I have a platform. I have the podcast. I have my website. I have YouTube. I, I I get eyes, I get ears, this would be a good way to go look at, this is what to expect. Would I do this again? Most, well, I would keep slings together uh, to maybe grow them up if I was like trying to breed them or raise them up to a certain point, but I don't think I'd go through adulthood right now. It, they seem to get along fine right up until they started putting on some size and then we had this. And so I, I don't think I would encourage people to try this. It seems like at some point or another it's going to happen, but again, if... I have heard of ones that went right on through. I've heard a lot of cases of people keeping them in overseas, keeping them in these communal setups right on through. And I've also heard situations where they keep a lot of them together. And this is what I alluded to earlier with the the fact that, you know, where do we draw the line on what's a successful communal? A lot of them will keep them together and there will be some cannibalism here and there, but they've got like 20 or 30 of them together. So it's like one or two die. It's like, eh, it's okay. And I think that's, I've, I've spoken to other people about this before where we talked about the Uh, an insi which is considered to be a communal species and one that they've witnessed the communal behavior in the wild and it's the one people seem to have the most difficulty with and I was talking to other keepers about it and we're kind of you know speculating on what it might be and somebody brought up the very good point where who's to stay in the wild this isn't how it works you get a, a sack of babies they eat the weaker ones which means only the stronger ones survive and then eventually they hit this this nice level where the ones that are surviving They've cleaned out the weaker ones and they start setting up their communal. So in that respect, a, a successful communal with that species would naturally inherently involve cannibalism. It's them weeding out the weaker ones that aren't going to be able to support that community. So that's when you start thinking about like, all right, I've got 10 in here. Who knows if the wild, there are a 100 that stick together. And by the end, there's 50 strong ones and they still stick together and the cannibalism stops. We don't know. Uh, nor is it anything I really want to figure out. There's no way I'm sticking 50 P. Metallica in an enclosure and seeing what happens. That there's obviously going to be some some eating of spider in there. So it, that's where we're at now with this. We will be separating it out. I'm I'm have, I'm going to be picking up some temporary enclosures so I can get them over to the new house, and then we'll just have like a whole row of P. So Hopefully, a lot of them seem to be females. It, it kind of bums me out that the one that seems to be missing was the male because that was the one I was going to use to breed my older female. Uh, I'll be watching them until we can, I don't think we're going to be able to do the rehousing today, we'll be, we'll be doing the rehousing soon, and then that's it, I mean, it's time to get them, and and it's something, again, it's it's kind of like talking about the irony of the whole thing, I, I've been giving a lot of thought to the fact that they're kind of crammed in there anyway, like, I'm looking at my other P. Metallica, and she's about to get this beautiful enclosure that I'm going to set up for her when we get to the new house, and then I'm like, we're going to have the other seven of them, and something similar, but seven of them all crammed together, and it's like, that just... It's cool to watch. It's neat to watch. We got some good information for it, but that's just not how they should be kept, and I know that. So, it, the I should have moved them before this happened, but again, the idea was to see how, how long it would go, and, and now we know. So, That's the update on the P-Metallicas. They, you know, right now they're all in there eating, getting along fine, but somebody, it looks like, got naughty. I am going, and I will do an update, obviously, if we find the seventh. I'm I'm worried what's going to happen is we're going to pull them all out of there, and I'm going to find the seventh, but even at that point, this kind of got me anxious to the point where I wouldn't want to keep them together anyway. Just the the thought that I thought one of them might have been eaten, but I'm... I have to say the, the the logical side of me is recognizing that that bolus was likely one of my spiders. And as much as I want to, you know, hope that there's going to be a seventh in there and I'm holding out hope, I just don't see it happening. So anyway, that's the update on it. So for any of you who are going, you know, that are looking at setting up your own, I would, I would advise against it or in, in the very least recognize that they're going to probably do well at first, but there's going to be a point where you're going to want to separate them before something like this happens. And again, I'm going to try to find who has a, th- a kept a successful one so I can find out if there's anything I could have done differently. I don't plan on doing it again. This was a one and done. I will probably do another. There's no probably. I'll do another M. Balfori communal somewhere down the road, but that's it for these guys. I'm not experimenting or playing around with that anymore. I, I feel badly enough that we lost one and I don't feel like losing anymore. And as far as, you know, other species that people talk about that can be kept communally that have certain rules, like the H. gigas comes to mind, and things like that I'm not going to be trying any more of the ones that have to be crammed together in a certain way. But from now on, if it's going to be something that's going to work, they're going to, it's going to have to be a true communal where they are given space. They choose to congregate with each other. And if that's not the case, then I'm not going to do it. So it's, again, I'm I'm glad I tried it out. But, um, there's not, there's not too much. I will say the H cell is one that's always appealed to me. And that's one that supposedly does really well communally. But again, that's one I've heard that if you put a big sack, it, it works best if you start with a sack. And let them grow up together. And you can expect a little bit of cannibalism sometimes, but they seem to do well. I don't know. We'll see down the road. It's it's funny because this week I've gotten more questions, bizarre questions of people just asking, can this one be kept communally? Because that's the other thing is people that are new to the hobby that don't understand that this only works with a handful of spiders. Immediately they find about communals and then they just assume everything can be kept communally. So I had somebody ask if they could buy three GBB slings and keep them together. We had... um. What was the other one? It was a bizarre one. Oh, the El Para Hibana. Somebody had slings really cheap for like $5. They're like, can I get 10 of these and keep them together? I'm like, yeah, if you want one big fat spider. So obviously our fascination with communal setups will rage on. There will be people that will still try them. Maybe as time goes on, we will find other species that this works well with, or we will find the secret to keeping some of the species that, you know, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. I'm just for the time being I'm bowing out of the communal business with the exception of my balfoury because that's one that you know it doesn't get it as far as I'm concerned it's it's not going to get any better I'm not going to see anything more cool than what I've witnessed with that balfoury enclosure so if I want another communal the smart thing to do would be to roll with that species start another with them maybe with more this time and kind of be able to watch that develop again but the idea of doing it with these other species that have to be crammed together nah I think I'm done with that it's uh we've got some good information out of it i think if i was breeding them i'd probably know now that like that was one thing i was worried about like you, you get a bunch of piece species and you're getting ready to sell them or breed them it'd be so much easier if you could just keep them together in one big container until you're able to separate them out that would be awesome but beyond that i won't be trying to raise them out through adulthood because just too many too many instances of it not working out so moving on to our next mini topic this won't be, be a particularly long one but i've noticed an interesting trend lately. I don't know what's causing it, but I've uh, getting a lot of emails over the past. It's actually through the summer and to now of folks asking me to identify a species they bought that they just suspect is the wrong species. So, I, for example, somebody the other day sent me a photo of an LP sling and said "I have, this was supposedly an L parahibana. I don't know if it's the right spider could you help me identify it and I was like oh god like LP are the most generic looking slings you'll ever see in your life if anybody's raised a lot of the new world slings look a lot alike when they're small so I will say flat out number one right off the bat I have a very difficult time recognizing many slings especially some of the new world ones you give me a little brown sling with a little black mirror patch on its booty and I'm like all right it could be a many many different things. so right there I can't really help But the the weird thing is just a lot of people are buying spiders and then immediately assuming that the spider is not the one they bought. And I don't know what's causing it. Now, does this happen? Can you be sold the wrong spider? Yep, I can tell you for a fact it can happen. I have a spider I bought years ago as a Albiceps, the Albiceps. And it, I did a video on it, it was growing well, and then somebody came on and I'm like, it's not looking like an albiceps. Does anybody have one of these that has raised them before? Can tell me would they look like an albiceps at this point? Because it's one thing we always need to remember is some of these spiders go through a myriad of color changes and pattern changes before they get those adult colors. And somebody came on and said, you know what, I think you probably have a vagans there. And it was a Wagens. It was a wagon So that was a situation. I can't remember who I bought it from, but I purchased one thing, got the wrong spider. It does happen. Things get confused. It's very easy for something to, you know, to get mixed up, but it doesn't. I don't think it happens often, but there seems to be this big thing lately with people just immediately expecting the ones they bought aren't what they have. I had one situation where somebody showed me a picture of the adult spider and showed me a picture of the juvenile and they're like, this doesn't look a thing like this one and i'm like yeah cuz you got like three more molts to go before it gets there so i don't know it's it's it, i think what happens is people hear these horror stories or sometimes they buy from places that they realize afterwards aren't reputable i mean if you buy i will say if you buy something from what is it there uh, backwater reptiles yeah just expect it you know if you buy a sexed female bee smithy you might get i don't know a, a male praying mantis they're they're absolutely ridiculous and it. it's like there's not a day that goes by that i don't hear another horror story about them. but most reputable places you're going to get what you paid for. If you're not, the person to contact would be the dealer first. If you if you pick something up, they need to be aware because there have been situations in the past where things have been sold, mislabeled. So a dealer buys, you know, when a dealer goes to buy spiders, they're expecting to get whatever species they paid for. So if they go, I'm going to buy 100 of this species and the person gives them the wrong species, they're not going to figure that out to weigh down the line. And that's not necessarily the dealer's fault because, again, they're very difficult to recognize in those early stages. It's very difficult to discern. Is this? An LP, is this an L in a Bune? Who knows? It's very difficult. So it's very important that if you seriously have worries that you were given the wrong spider, you contact the dealer first. And then remember that, you know, slings and juveniles, not always there. Identifying them by sight isn't the best way to do it normally. The best bet is to wait until they get a little bit older and you see the colors, or if you can look at the molt and examine the molt and compare spermatheca, that's the way to go. Because in those earlier stages, slings, juveniles... It, it, they, you might not know, unless you're somebody that's raised them before. And that's the other thing I tell people, if there's spiders I've raised, I can tell you like some of the Formicidae species I've had people go, do you think this is this one? And I can go back and mentally remember what it looked like at that stage. You go, yeah, that's exactly how mine looked. But ones I haven't raised before, I'm not sure of the color changes they go through. So it's very difficult to spot it out. So if you do suspect you have one, the, the best thing to do is contact whoever, sometimes they'll you just need some reassurance. So sometimes you can contact the person and go, Hey, you know what, I had some concerns about this, but be prepared to explain why you have concerns, saying that it didn't look like the picture, that's not going to work, you have to, you want to have some proof of it, but contact whoever you bought from, a lot of times they will be able to go, no, we're sure of it, this is what we got, I had one case where the person hit me up with something, it was, I, I want to say a Cambridge Eye, and they thought that they were sent the wrong spider, because it didn't look right, and I said, why don't you contact the dealer and double check, and the dealer goes, yeah, we're pretty sure we raised those ourselves, and it did end up being a Cambridge eye. So. Don't freak out. Does it happen? Yes. Does it happen often? No, thankfully. And honestly, unless you have really good information about why you should be worried, you know, thinking you were sent the wrong spider, it shouldn't be a concern in most instances. And again, if it is something you end up with one and you're not sure about it, the best person to contact first is the dealer. Obviously, there's all the, the thing is. People want to catch it early, but it's one of those deals that it can be difficult to catch early. It can be one of those deals where you have to wait till it's an adult and then go on. And I have heard instances of people who have purchased spiders. It's, it matured, it was obviously the wrong spider they contacted the dealer and the dealer made right the dealer guy right, yeah I remember selling you that so in some cases they'll take care of it but again it, it shouldn't be something we're worrying about all the time I'm, I'm not sure why it's popping up so I'm not sure if somebody put up like a video or something about it saying it was a big deal but it just seems like there's been a lot more of these lately so hopefully that clarifies a little bit and again I'm always up for you know mystery spiders sometimes I get them sometimes I don't usually in the ballpark I'd say I'm betting probably 700 on those but try not to obsess over it, try not to worry, I don't, uh, again, it doesn't happen enough that it should warrant people worrying that every spider they bought is the wrong spider, and just enjoy it, there's it, nothing like a mystery spider, so worst case scenario, you try to figure out what you got, and you're either going to get the spider you got, or it's fun trying to figure out what the other one is, but don't let it stress you out, not a big deal in the hobby, and it shouldn't be something most people are worried about. Alright, so that should about do it for this one. I think the next topic I was going to hit is probably going to be a little bit too long for that, so we'll save it for next time. It's always a joke. I always have a list of stuff I'm going to try to hit, and sometimes we get through it all, sometimes we don't, but the good news is I I already have my podcast topic, or at least the starting one, for next week. So just to give people a heads up, the move hasn't happened yet. A lot of people congratulate me on the move. It hasn't happened yet. It's Supposedly the closing is the 24th. It's going to be an incredibly... Busy couple of weeks because the closing is the 24th. I begin my job at my new school the 25th. Unfortunately, it took so long to get the official, officially hired there that I had to go back to the other school. I think I've explained this before. So I'm doing a month at my new, my old school, going back over there. So that'll be like another whole. <laughs> The beginning of the year is just so chaotic to begin with. I'm planning tests, assessments for my kids now, coming up with work. We're doing all the online stuff, and then I'm going to shift and have to do it with another whole group of kids in a totally different class. Right now, I'm in all math classes next year, I or after that will be in English classes, it's going to be chaotic so I do think I will be able to keep up with the podcast, so that's something the videos have been suffering a bit, only because it takes a lot of time to sit down and put them together and everything and I just haven't had the energy or time but the podcast is kind of like, Billy goes out shopping, I break out the, the, the microphone and we get the podcast done, so that will continue, don't worry about the podcast, we'll keep it going and then after we get to the new house, I will finally be getting guests on the show that was the goal, if you go back and listen to what the point of this was uh, my hopes were to get different people on so it wasn't just me talking the whole time and moving ahead I do have people lined up that I want to get on the show and be able to talk to I think it'd be great to break it up every once in a while even have some things it'd be nice to have like a little you know powwow with some keepers and talk about some of the more controversial topics and hear what people have to think about them. it just instead of just having me in my opinion so we'll be I have two people lined up that should be We should be cemented in, and then I have somebody I'm going to approach, and then we'll take it from there. And again, really excited about it because it's something I've wanted to do from day one, but you can't do it when you got a crazy living room. I literally just paused this three times in this last little section because. Bruticus is sleeping on the couch next to me and he's snoring like crazy and it's like terrible. So it, that'll be eliminated. I, I I just can't wait for it. I think we'll be able to take the podcast to a new level and hopefully attract some really cool people and then we can kind of see who people want to see on the show, see on the show, here on the show and get them on the other thing I'm hoping to do again is the live podcast I've been dying to try one of those where people send questions and we go through live and see how it goes I think that would be fun and then I always thought about doing taping or recording it and putting up on YouTube and so the YouTubers the people that watch YouTube could also have access to it because I throw I throw up episodes every once in a while and I have to throw one up pretty soon to just kind of remind people yeah I have a podcast because there's people that don't know but I could always do the video component of it although watching me spaz out in front of a microphone I don't know if that's really interesting to anybody but at least it'd be better than just a static picture I guess so a lot of cool things coming ahead a lot of changes a lot of you know, it's it's going to be time intensive moving everything over, especially when we get going on the collection, which it sounds like that'll be going moving over first. Basically, as soon as the collection goes over, that's it. We're moving over there. There's no way I can leave them over there, but they'd probably be fine, but I have to be where my spiders are. So that'll be the big move. And then it'll be like concentrating, getting all the stuff over so we can move over. But anyway, I'll keep people updated on that. If anybody cares, I, it's it's exciting to me because it's, you know, a huge, huge change, but That'll do it for this one. As always, you can find me on Tom'sBigSpiders.com. You can find me on Tom's Big Spiders on YouTube. Again, I know everybody knows this now, and I feel like one of those YouTubers is like smash the like button, but I gotta figure out some way to end these things off. If you guys remember the earlier episodes, it got weird, so. Anyway, as always, I truly appreciate anybody that takes the time to listen to these and listen to them all the way through. It means a lot. It's, it's, I, I can't state it enough. It's just the coolest thing ever because I love the podcast and I'm so glad I found an audience. So that will do it with Bruce knowing in the background. I don't know if you can hear it. I will catch you guys all next time.